Hello, and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, David Brothers, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, Christopher Butcher. Please follow along with our show notes at reading list at mangasplaining.com. And also uh, drop by our Twitter. We're almost at a thousand followers. We'd really like you to watch. Today, we are doing uh, something a little bit different. This is a title uh, I picked. I'm hosting today. Hi, I'm Chris. It's called Even Though We're Adults by Takeko Shimura. And I actually like Shimura Sensei's manga a lot, but I hadn't read this one and I had talked about it for literally months and mentioned it even on the podcast more than once and still could not crack the spine on this one. And it's just because I realized I was getting to a point in this, the ongoing height of the pandemic, as David referred to it last time, <laughs> that I don't. I don't read anything unless I got to read it for the podcast. <laughs> so wow. I picked it for the podcast because I really wanted to read it. It's the same thing with one of our upcoming picks, which we've already announced, uh, Journal of My Father by Jiro Tanaguchi. I just needed an excuse to read it because it's I really want to read it and uh, put it on the podcast. Why not? It, it helps that I like his work a great deal as well. So I don't feel bad about uh, sharing it with all of you. But that's that's a few episodes away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Takeko Shimura is best known for her work, Wandering Sun. Uh, and has a sort of a spotty release situation in North America, unfortunately. I think about half of the series was released by Fanagraphics. They did them as sort of beautiful bind-up hardcovers in the style that Fanagraphics, you know, usually does for their manga. And a lot of fans found that a little bit too expensive for their pocketbooks, particularly as it was a manga about young people dealing with trans issues. So series dropped off pretty bad, unfortunately, and has not been completed. And I think several of the key volumes are out of print, the early volumes, volume one, volume two. So it's a bummer. Viz, though, came in and released her next work, which was also, uh, like Wandering Sun, adapted into an anime. Uh, they called it Sweet Blue Flowers. The Japanese title is Aoi Hana, which some of our more illegally dipping readers may have <laughs> dipped into. I don't think I don't think we have any of those. Yeah. Skinny dipping? What is... I don't get it. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> A Sweet Blue Flowers is about two childhood friends who reconnect in high school, and one of them is definitely a lesbian now in her like senior or freshman year of high school, and the other, we're not quite so sure, has already dealt with some like lesbian drama and maybe trauma, depending on how you look at it. And it's this um, sort of friendship, this reconnecting, these deep feelings. It's you know, it's a great, it's a great manga, but it started to just didn't hit for me uh, the way I wanted it to, so. It didn't hit the market or emotionally for you? It didn't hit for me personally. Mm. Like, I understood everything that was going on. I appreciated the story that was being told, but I just wanted something a little bit, like, more. And I'd, I wanted it to be a little bit juicier. I wanted it to be a little bit uh, more vibrant. I wanted it to be not about people's first loves in high schools. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, because... Not only, yeah, manga and uh, gay fiction have a lot in common, and it's what are we doing in high school and coming out, and literally nothing happens later down the road. So that brings us to even though we're adults, and I'm going to read the back on this one because it's easier than summarizing it. I don't know. An elementary school teacher in her 30s stops by a bar one day and meets another woman named Akari. Sparks fly as the two chat, and before the night is over, Ayano even goes in for a kiss. Akari is intrigued but confused, especially when she discovers that Ayano has a husband. Both Ayano and Akari about to find out that love doesn't get any easier, even as you grow older. So that's even though we're adults, and I picked it, and I'm, you know, biased to to dig this one, uh, liking Takeko Shimura's work, and also liking some stuff. And I picked it because I think we'd been doing a lot of stuff that, even though this is a manga 
podcast where all the hosts are grownups. <laughs> you just can't help but talk about work for kids or work for like <laughs> work for people who like to read work for kids. Let's say that. Uh, <laughs> And when you're talking about manga, it's just it dominates dominates the market in Japan, absolutely dominates the market in North America. So that was my key impetus. I wanted to read a, a romance story about two grown-ass people. Uh, they're both in their mid-30s, like literally their middest 30s, uh, 35, dealing with like romantic things that real people in the real world have to deal with. And I knew that also after I picked Paradise Kiss and read Chip read five volumes uh, of Paradise Kiss, I kind of wanted to pick something a little bit shorter, a little bit easier. Much appreciated. Bit, yeah, yeah. Off, water off a duck's back, kind of a book. This is also much lighter read, content-wise, uh, right? Mm. Oh yeah, it's so light. So yeah, I just actually usually I ask somebody what they thought first. I want to open the floor. I wanted to see who had the strongest thoughts on this one. Who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about even though we're adults? Whoa! Ru- you broke were the breaking format. the format. What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> I can jump in because I almost never read romance outside of something like Wotakoi or Tokyo Tara Reba Girls, where it's like there's some kind of humor involved, whether it's cringe humor or slapstick. Mm. So at first I was like, you know, swing and a miss, Chris. And then I kept reading and it got to a trope that I like a lot where someone takes a drink at a bar and then it flashes to the next scene immediately. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it. It's always like a... a fun way to tell a story by cutting out all the boring parts and also interesting a bit of mystery and by the time it got to the part where she said can i kiss you which is an awesome move uh, i was pretty much hooked nice there's some stuff about the art that we'll probably get into later where it's like a little bit too clean and realistic for me in terms of backgrounds Mm. but the the storytelling like the the things the characters are going through i thought was really interesting and really resonant's not the right word it's interesting seeing them going through these struggles and the different choices they make doing it. Like when Ayano just goes to her husband, it's like, Hey, by the way, uh, I've got a crush on a lady I met at a bar that we used to go to together. It's like both wonderfully direct and also out of this world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was like that unbelievable. Was crazy. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. Like wonderful, unbelievable or unbelievable. Like no, no way. Both. Ah. I think the the directness and honesty is really refreshing, mm-hmm. but I'm imagining myself in that situation, and it sounds like a full on nightmare, like having oh, yeah. to react and in the moment and be, kind of be there for the person that you love, and also be like, wait a minute, what does this mean for us? Uh, so the shifting perspectives I thought were really uh, really helpful for me. I was worried it would be sort of more straightforward, where it's like, oh, they meet and then it's kind of, they kind of weave in and out of each other's lives. But instead, we see how they relate to each other from their own perspective, mm-hmm. which being, you know, like maybe that's a common thing in romance comics, but it, I really liked it in this one, especially getting to the point where the husband embarrasses himself at the barbecue. Yeah. Loved oh, it. That was so uh, good. Yeah, absolutely loved it. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, like, I like the characters and I, it probably won't go in sort of like a polyamorous direction, but I kind of hope it does mm. because I think that, you know, realizing you love one person or another person doesn't mean you'd stop loving the first person. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like theoretically like a way that th- this could fit as a triangle, but I feel like that would be a too smooth of an ending for a story like this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they kind of negate the idea of the triangle 
by kind of hammering home the societal pressures for her to mm. marry him. Mm. Like it didn't seem like it was like a, a, a passionate thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't, I yeah, can't, she's so lukewarm on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a nice guy. Like, yeah. which, which is also, I thought like a great idea to introduce into this. Yeah. Instead of him being like some like negligent asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It remind me a lot of, uh, this is just the, uh, here I go with my Western uh, superhero comics. This is good. We're getting this out of the way. Yeah, really. it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Superman Returns. The semi-maligned <laughs> semi- <laughs> Superman movie with Brandon Rowe. Yeah. yeah. In that movie, when Superman comes back, Lois Lane is with a new guy, and it's James Marsden, and he's great. He's just a great, decent dude. Yeah. yeah. And it actually adds kind of a, an interesting level that you don't expect the story like oh like do i want them to break up just because this guy's back in town mm-hmm. and then the husband in this didn't remind me obviously straight of james marsden but mm. you feel for him mm-hmm. so now all of a sudden you had that extra wrinkle of like you feel for both the main characters and you feel for the husband which i think is a really good choice because i think the easy out would have been just to make him an asshole yeah i feel like the two routes I either take are like the husband being a jerk. Like when I've seen stories like this in sitcoms, either the husband's out of control and is out of the picture, you know, one episode later, or like he's super supportive immediately, which also seems like really easy for such like a complicated situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this guy being a good guy and still, you know, making a fool of himself is, uh, it's really good. Yeah. And they show when they flash back to their dinner, uh, when he's like, do you want kids? It like, he's always been this guy. Like kind of awkward, but very earnest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I think I think I liked the most was the shifting perspectives Mm -hmm. following. And I mentioned it came up specifically because I actually got lost for a second at the exact moment that David uh, it maybe hooked you, where the perspective starts off from the school teacher's perspective and it's very grounded, and then it sort of shifts. And all of a sudden, you're seeing some of the same events, but different events from the perspective of the uh, the, the the hostess. Mm-hmm. And and I should specify, it's like a waitress at like a restaurant, not a hostess at a hostess bar. <laughs> it's that took me a second. I'm like, oh, it, it shifted really like seamlessly. Like it wasn't like we're going to take a break, we're going to have a setting panel establishing shot, and then we're going to switch to her thing. And it made me have to reconsider the manga differently than I had sat down to read it, which is to say there is going to be a bit more poetry to the proceedings where you're going to sort of shift back and forth through time. You're going to shift back and forth through emotions. You're going to change the perspective of the characters and it's not going to be a big deal. And that it felt like it had some poetry to it in a way that I really appreciated. Poetry is an interesting word to describe that because my frame of reference for that kind of trick is crime movies. So it usually goes from drinking to the bar to like, oh, crap, there's blood on my hands. What are we going to do? Which is yeah. much less poetic. Uh, <laughs> <but> similarly uh, <laughs> depends on the exciting <laughs> as a storytelling like technique. Like it, it really works on several different levels. So I totally see the yeah. poetry that you're talking about here. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's, there's, that, there's that jump. But then there's also like the, the they go back to that moment a few times. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I do like the fact that like most of the opening is kind of shifting back and forth in time and perspectives because it adds to the confused feeling of this rush of a new thing as well. Mm. And it, it straightens out as, so to speak, as the, um, as the story goes on. 
mm-hmm. they don't they don't they don't do that as much later on in the book because it, it feels very very much about that that first night mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. uh, and how mixed up they're feeling and how mixed up we're feeling reading it kind of out of order. Mm. Yeah, Deb, what did you think? Yeah, yeah, we have we. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just jumped in. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. I'm 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 really glad you guys enjoyed it because I was when I was reading it, I thought this is this is kind of I don't know. It's not as content packed as Oishinbo, for example. Mm. It's not mm. as iconic as say Akira or Fullmetal Alchemist. There's there's drama, but there's not over the top drama. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and it's it's very understated but mm-hmm. yet very impactful i think it's it's kind of it's an interesting one because you know yuri girls love manga typically much like shonen manga right typically happens in high school right mm-hmm. a lot of high lot of high school stories where two school girls kind of like discover their feelings about each other and they're both really cute and really you know big eyes and it's yuri sometimes is designed both to titillate male readers as much as it is for being about being being a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, even though we're adults, seems very firmly grounded in, uh, I guess, more of a real-life relationship drama. Mm. Uh, you know, like, there is not a Jerry Springer moment in here. Like, <laughs> yeah. nobody, nobody yells, nobody says, how could you? No, no glasses of water get thrown in someone's face. Yeah. yeah. And you have to admire the restraint <laughs> because mm. all the things they're going through, you know, in a in a in a different storyteller's hands would have been a much more high drama, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills type of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or is or am I just being too American? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you're definitely right because there's so much of this that we get reaction shots of people like gazing out of windows or kind of looking mm-hmm. off pensively. And that's like a downbeat that you would rarely see in a lot of American books, I think, because it's so quiet. Like you want like the explosion of emotion. Well, this is like nobody really knows what to feel yet. Like for this entire volume, no one yeah. really makes a decision except like, oh, I like this person. Yeah. And that's conflict enough, I think, to carry a story. But it's not like a blockbuster conflict, you know? I mean, the the drawing is lovely, of course, you know, and mm-hmm. there's all kinds of wonderful shades of emotion that you see and these different um, ways that she composes the pages and uses blacks and whites. It's really lovely. Mm-hmm. The haircutting scene was really good looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I could, I could relate to a lot of the, you know, like when we talk about like grown up content, mm-hmm. I could, I could relate to the fact that these relationships were complicated. That you yeah. can be friends with your ex, but still have complicated feelings and hints of resentment a little bit mm-hmm. at your ex. Yeah, there can be moments where, like, you can be married to someone and still care about them, but you know, be tempted to have an affair. Yeah, and it like feel chemistry with somebody, and that makes you question what you've been going through. So I, I think a lot of this is very grown up because the the stakes are grown up, right? Like when mm-hmm. you're uh, when you're in high school and you get you know get hook up, break up. It doesn't involve families, right? It doesn't involve the in laws. Doesn't involve property. Yeah. Doesn't involve yeah. how you how you act at your job because you're so messed. You're feeling so emotionally messed up. Mm-hmm. The stakes are different. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's I think you know 
that kind of complexity is what I really appreciated about Sorry, I'm going to screw up their names because I'm bad with names. Akari, where she's like, no, don't tell your husband. Like, that's fucking crazy. Like, you have a whole relationship and a whole life. I felt like, the same way. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, I don't want to be the lesbian that broke up your, your, your marriage. Like, that's nuts. Don't put me in that position. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked that. And yeah. uh, she does anyway because it's not about what Akari wants. It's about what Ayano needs to do for herself. I think that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually really like it. But we're all talking around this thing about like it being more of a grown up thing. But I think I picked it because specifically Chip had been talking about how things were were kind of. I, we just listened to re listened to the Oishinbo episode because it was released this week, so we're about five weeks ahead right now. And Chip's like closing thoughts where it still feels like it's being written for young people as opposed to grown ups. So you know, I think that that's fair, and that's the episode I think we picked this book on. Chip, how did you actually feel this? You know achieve those goals of being a, a book for, for grownups and about grownups. I loved it. And it's interesting. The fact, I think Deb mentioned that it felt like light on content mm. maybe, but, um, and then I kind of, I felt that going through it, but then the more I kind of thought about the book, I'm like, Oh, actually there's a lot of content in here. A lot actually happens. A lot of interesting scene changes and, uh, changes within the characters and their backstories and stuff. Um, the fact that they managed to, fit so much into whatever it is, 170 pages and also give it room to breathe. Mm. Like some of my favorite pages were just the silent ones. Like when the husband going to work. Oh, I love that one. That's amazing. There's a couple of pages of him and it just, just reminded me of like, Oh yeah. Like you're, you're all, you're all adults. Like Mm -hmm. you still have to go and do the things that you normally do. I love the way his eyes are drawn on that page. Like they're just blank circles, like little Lulu. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and like i also like probably my favorite page in the book was uh ayano coming home to her husband where he's got tv on and he's playing solitaire on his yeah. phone <laughs> and she and she and she kind of flops over him in, in in such a playful manner um that it felt so real and it felt like oh yeah of course like she still has feelings for him and there there's a comfort there between them that mm-hmm. is um that is shown perfectly within one gesture on one page like her falling on him and then tumbling a bit into the couch mm-hmm. it, it just kind of breaks your heart a little bit yeah just because you can see that this is going to unravel mm-hmm. and she doesn't want it to unravel and, and this is kind of part of her just pretending like nothing's wrong mm-hmm. in that scene and that's three mm. panels on a page, and it's it's one of the most elegant things I've seen in a comic. It's really good. I felt really called out by him watching TV and playing games on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, it's like Dang. he's trying to do two things at once, mm. right? Uh, Which is also like, like there's so much about that page. <laughs> and she's telling him to not, you have to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's just wild. Like there, there's, there are a lot of smart choices uh, uh, throughout this book. Um, this might be second to Way of the House Husband for me. Nice. Really? Wow! Yeah. I can see it. Yeah, it, it's super smart. And like you know, you know, friend of the show, Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. Jocelyn the, Allen is the translator on this, and it's really elegant and really beautiful. And even beyond the translation, I, I found the typography pleasing, which nice. is something, <laughs> something yeah. I don't usually point out in these books. Yeah, there's there's a lot in here that I loved. 
yeah. They, they, they'll they'll find like very, very interesting characters. And and also, I just I love the scene with like his mom showing up and talking to her. Like oh, like I mean, there's. I, I personally relate to, even though this is a you know a uh, a middle aged lesbian drama. I still relate to it a lot on a, on a bunch of levels. Um, like the, the mom scene just really reminded me of like having to tell my parents about my divorce. Mm-hmm. I just, just like there, there's, there's, there's always the satellite you have to consider with these kind of life decisions. And you know, that's, that's one of them. Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, yeah, it's a great book. And, and the art is excellent. The, the storytelling is is some of the best we've seen so far on this podcast. You know, it is it is simple, and I think David pointed out, you know, the the very clean line backgrounds, which I don't mind. The past the past few modern books that we've looked at have had that kind of like three D super clean line mm-hmm. kind of background, and this seems to kind of continue that. But I've kind of gotten used to it. And I think it works with the the style of the characters like they don't clash yeah. too much with it. i uh, i meant to go back and look at wandering sun to see if she used a similar technique on that though maybe the yeah. age of that book makes it different but it's almost like um like when rumiko takahashi draws a background or like a building and interior it's cartoony but you kind of buy it mm-hmm. yeah well, this it feels one, like it's part of the world yeah well here it's more it's realistic so you buy it but it doesn't quite gel with the characters as well for me yeah, yeah. like a good but example it's no, not bad. Ahead. Yeah, it's not bad by any means. Uh, the book looks great. Page 123 is probably my favorite example of what I mean, mm-hmm. where the kitchen is super realistic down to like the, uh, you could name all the appliances behind her, like the coffee maker, the rice cooker. And then she's mm-hmm. drawn in such a cool cartoony way, kind of with no facial features. But one of my mm-hmm. favorite panels in the book is panel two on this page, the husband sitting on the couch with his arm on his knee. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a good questioning face like a little bit concerned a little bit curious yeah and it reminds me of there's like one panel in the final volume of the invisibles by uh grant morrison and sean phillips where one character finds out that an old lady's dying and it's just a close-up panel of uh this character king mob like i think he's either pouring tea or like leaning towards an old lady saying uh like tell us you're not dying or something like that the same kind of like haunted like kind of empty look in the face and it's such good acting like that's what I love about comics is when people nail things like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's two reaction shots at the top of the next page, which are beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Those are that great. thing where they're both lost in thought and like full on just... deer in the headlights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And I think the mature feeling, I, I agree with chip on this feeling actually pretty, pretty dense emotionally. Uh, mm. If not like plot wise is ending a scene like this on just thinking is terrifying. Mm. Like that is like Stephen King level horror writing because, you know, something good might come of this eventually, but nothing good is going to come of that in the near future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, a, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know where I'm going with this kind of thing. Yeah. And that feels real, right? Because yeah. a lot these kind of things can happen to you and you, you don't necessarily always just lash out and say something. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, it just hits you and it's like a concussion. You have to think of you're, yeah. you're kind of processing it. Right. Yeah. I've been in situations where uh, I met the partner of the person I was dating. Mm. <laughs> and that's always like, mm. what is even the protocol here? 
You know, like all the right. books you read, everything you prepare for really doesn't prepare you for anything. Like you kind of have to trust yourself in the moment. Yeah. I just read a book, a middle grade graphic novel, because Andrew is writing a review of it for Quill and Quire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, 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 it's totally a middle grade graphic novel. But there's one scene uh, that I thought was literally the best thing. And it's such a small thing. It's, you know, the lead character and her best friend have split up because the lead character has to move away for her dad's job. And so they meet up together again at the end of the book and they've each brought their new best friend that they made. Like one made it on the adventure along the way. The other one is like, you know, made it on the, and it's like, Oh, old best friend, meet my new best friend. And there's just like a panel where they're both sort of looking away from each other going like, Oh, Hey. Uh, and it's just like the realest thing. Uh, and I love that. And yeah. there's a lot of moments like that in here where it was just like, just perfectly executed how people behave in the real world. Like all the, I don't know. I, I've become off kind of kind of strong, but I'll say a lot of the anime and manga tropes have been scraped off of this book with like mm. everything but blushing. Blushing is like a thousand percent. Like oh hey, like like even the like a stuttery husband thing, which really threatened to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. It's so perfectly acted you know what i mean like if this if this was a real if this was a a real life movie sort of a situation like you could see some like bill Hader type awesome comedic actor who's good at having that like super high nervous energy but never breaking Mm -hmm. play the husband in this and it would be amazing like like i was i was kind of reading that during the entire you know performance and i thought that that was really good though i do have to say bill Hader breaks constantly yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, a filmed Bill Hader performance rather yeah. than a live Bill Hader performance. Yeah, yeah. Have a heavily edited Bill Hader performance. <laughs> but no, you're right. He has that uh, similar energy. I was flipping through the, the barbecue chapter while you were talking, and I realized no one wants to do it. Mm-hmm. No. Like, yeah, no one he doesn't know why he's there. there. It was like a perfunctory invite. Like, maybe this will be cool, and they'll say no, and it'll be okay. And then yeah. suddenly, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> everyone took the bait yeah <laughs> at the barbecue there's a uh, page 115 there's just a perfect drawing of karage that actually made me hungry <laughs> when I was looking at it and I had to make like chicken nuggets because that's the closest I can get right now and that was pretty good but uh, Mortar what you guys were talking about about lightness or heaviness I think I actually when I finished this book leaned more to what Deb was saying that it does feel like a light read in certain perspects like i I respect i i breezed through this i like Mm -hmm. wanted to read it and i read it and i just like i just inhaled it like it it felt light in that way Mm -hmm. like it was just like easy it was so easy to read and it just came and it came and it came and it came and it's up to you maybe i think as a reader if you want to stop at like the end of every scene and give it a think you can there's like a lot of depth there yeah it's like uh it's like foie gras mousse it's it's you can literally eat an entire thing of foie gras mousse in one bite because it's like light and airy and whatever and it's just like the richest thing in the world and it goes down you could be done like an order of foie gras mousse in like four Mm. seconds if you want to but if you just like take a little bit at each time and put it on a you know brioche or something like that you can eat it for half an hour and really (laughs) savor every single bite too so i'm going to go back on this one i'm going to i want to read it again but uh, tired of you constantly putting foie (laughs) gras mousse and brioche into every conversation (laughs) you fucking fancy lad yeah (laughs) i i haven't been to france in a year and a half i really miss it yeah i haven't been quebec in longer i got to go to well sorry 
once everything settled down, I want to go to Quebec. I will say, yeah, I think, I think there is, um, I think there's a lightness to the reading of this book that helps, helps a reader that isn't necessarily on board with the subject matter mm-hmm. really be able to absorb it because it can, it is really heavy. It's about the dissolution of a marriage and it's about someone feeling betrayed by someone they liked and finding out that they've, they've been hiding things from them. It's about, you know, <laughs> navigating child, like childbirth, which is like a whole thing and like in-laws and like, these are heavy things that real people mm-hmm. have to deal with in the real world. And maybe they read manga for escapist pirate fantasies. Who can say, but, no, but I mean, it's light because like in a lot of other manga, there's a whole ton of world building mm. and like, you know, like you have to understand the, the rules of this world and like, oh, and then this, these are magicians and these people are wizards and, you know, like there's all kinds of complicated things to take in. Yeah. This mm. takes place in a world that is so familiar and so mm. uh, readily understandable. You don't have that, that mm. heavy lift as a reader to have to d- deal with. And it gives it, you time and space to just watch this human drama unfold. Yeah. Also, I, I feel like if you go into this, you kind of know what you're getting. Cause it's called, even though we're adults, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good title. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a great title just to be like, okay, this is not, no one's pulling a sword out here. <laughs> no. no, I mean, but I mean, just as far as like, you know, like sometimes we read, we read manga and we're like, whoa, that was a lot to read. Mm-hmm. Or I was surprised that took me a while to read. And this one, I could easily breeze through it uh, mm. pretty quickly. But I think as Chris was saying, it does reward several rereads. Yeah. You, see, you notice little nuances when you go back. I suspect yeah. later volumes might be much less light. Well, th- <laughs> you'll find out because volume two comes out in June. I was oh, wow. so bummed when I got to the end of this volume and I was like, is there a second volume I can just really read quickly uh, and do some extra credit work on this episode of the podcast? Yeah. Uh, and no, it's not out for another couple no, months. I, I did the same thing. Yeah. Is it uh-huh. too, oh, really? Is it, you actually went to look and see if you could read volume <gasps> yeah, yeah. two, eh? Yeah. Uh, nice. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, I is, also did that. that but when I saw it was coming <laughs> out in June, I was like, woof, because I definitely could not have read like volume two immediately after volume one. It would have been. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was too. It was too heavy, eh? Yeah, not even too mm-hmm. heavy. It's more. Um, so I'm also in my mid 30s, as it turns out, slightly <laughs> less mid than uh, than I know. Uh, and I'm not like particularly interested in children or anything. So there's a lot of things in here that I thought were like particularly res- resonant to me, like thought provoking. Mm-hmm. I suppose is the word. And I think reading two volumes of this at one is just too many thoughts all at once. Like I hate feelings enough already. So let me kind of minimize my exposure. Mm. You need a you need a palate cleanser or some sort of punching comic. Yeah. Um, in fact, I have a volume of Baki that I'm going to read this evening before bed. Oh, <laughs> oh my go. God. But no, this was great. And I hadn't realized, yeah, there's a lot of bits in the lettering that are really kind of clever or like quietly impressive. Like there's a what on page 78. Actually, when she says like, I'll go talk to my ho- husband, I'll be completely honest and open. And she gets interrupted. Yeah. Like that's a really nice way to do that balloon. Oh, page seventy-eight. I want to check that out. Sorry, seventy-seven. I want to say something about the about this the way that this book is laid out is that Takako Shimura is very nicely makes her word balloons mm. wide enough for English. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they fit relationships on one line. 
Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Japanese text goes up and down, so therefore a lot of word balloons in manga is tall and skinny, which yeah. is problematic when you lay it out in English. And that's, I'd say, a good 25% of the letterer struggle mm-hmm. in, yeah. in English. And so the fact that these, a lot of these word balloons are round and can give a nice space for the words within it i think it's kind of nice yeah that what that what on page 79 is good that t could have been a little closer to the a true uh, <laughs> rena mappa is credited for lettering and retouch yeah. i'm not sure what was retouched but i mean there's always something in books like this but even just the space in the balloons. stores oh yeah stores background signs all the yeah oh and the the text and the text messages oh the menu oh i love the texting i thought that that was really well executed Mm -hmm. like i see a lot of times when texting happens in books there's like too much info for the text like there's like the ios design but this is like look captions that's all you need yeah and the way so few of the pages are full bleed like it's just very easy on the eyes all around Mm I do. I do think it's quite funny. Just talking about like the uh, the lettering in in world mm-hmm. uh, on page eighty six. The restaurant they go to has Japanese cuisine. <laughs> oh, that's a thing. That's a reference what, to. Is, uh, is it Jonathan's? Is the restaurant name? Yeah. yeah. It's Jonathan. basically like a a Denny's type of restaurant. Okay. I've never been to one, but I've seen other parodies of it in books that I've worked on. Oh, no, the Japanese cuisine means it's another restaurant in that same complex. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Jonathan's so- is like American-ish. Well, yeah. sorry, it's got an Italian section and whatever. But yeah, we, we went out of our way to not bring you to a Jonathan's-type restaurant when we were in Japan. <laughs> I <laughs> there, there was there – was the- What? We didn't give the experience of the drink bar? Yeah, the unlimited drink bar. <laughs> that's that's the only good thing you could say about it, Jonathan. So actually, Cesarea is the only, uh, you know, shout out. Here's an obscure shout out. There's an Italian restaurant version of this called Cesarea in, Jap- in Japan. And it's Andrew's, like, favorite <laughs> restaurant because it's at every single train station. And it's the only place as a vegetarian he can consistently eat whatever he wants because <laughs> it makes pasta. And it's hilarious to me. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough being a vegetarian. So that's, yeah. I can't. I can't pretend like I'm better than those because we end up at them so many times. They're also 24 <laughs> hours. But yeah, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> I really look at the art in this and um, it's unfair because I don't know if you guys have read Sweet Blue Flowers, but I think a big part of why this hits more for me than Sweet Blue Flowers did is because the art just seems a little bit more, I don't know, it's it's shitty to say accomplished because this is a creator. She's been working for a very long time and has done a lot of pages. But there's so many blank backgrounds, like dropped out backgrounds in Sweet Blue Flowers, which is like a shoujo, Jose storytelling uh, trope. There's so much white space and characters floating. And there was a little bit of that at the beginning, uh, especially when it's really emotional and it's going back and forth in scene perspectives. But then all of a sudden it gets very grounded like it starts grounded in reality like the school is drawn perfectly and immaculately and then the uh, restaurants and the things like that are drawn like exactly what they are like i don't know if she's employed an assistant or she just is using google sketchup or, or whatnot but yeah i think it just feels really solid in a way that i appreciate it as a manga reader and i like you know the more experimental backgrounds dropped out kind of stuff. I think we'll see that with some of the other Jose manga I want to eventually recommend. But no, this felt like such a thorough work. Actually, the other thing I didn't ask, 
the cover painting. I actually loved the colors on this, and I was yeah, terrified so that you nice. were going to hate them, and we were going to. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's quite. It's quite lovely. <laughs> it's too bad the intro pages are muddy grays, but. Yeah, I wish they had published yeah. those in color, like they clearly were in the original. Yeah. I don't know. The fact that any Jose manga ever gets published in English is kind of a victory for all of us. So, no, no shots at Seven Seas for that one. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, hmm. has anyone read After Hours? It's a manga that yeah. was published, and is that, that the was the DJ last one. Or like yeah, that's a, yeah. I read a couple volumes of that. I liked it. So it's a DJ one. It's it has a lot of surface similarities to this. It's about a girl who falls in love, but she's never fallen in love with a girl before. We find out at the end of the first volume that she's actually got a boyfriend. Those characters are in their like mid-20s, let's say, rather than mid-30s. So the stakes are considerably lower than they are in this volume. But it was the thing that it that this most reminded me of, even more so than like more popular sort of you know gay stuff in North America, like basically NEBL or even Tagame's uh, My Brother's Husband or stuff like that. This felt more like that kind of you know, two worlds are clashing, but this just feels like it is a stronger work in terms of representation and in terms of the character development and stuff. But it also, here's the thing. I feel like it's a more difficult work for the current market because it has all the manga and the anime tropes scraped off of it. And I wanted to like check in with you guys and see, because this is pretty, have you read anything that's mature like this on this level do you think manga fans now that especially chip you've read 12 whole different manga and maybe 18 volumes total do you think that manga fans this is something that they're going to like because it does it doesn't have as many of the manga same trappings as a lot of manga does yes uh because Cowboy bebop has very few anime trappings mm. in a similar way if you think of trigun and Cowboy bebop and hopefully i'll stick the landing with this comparison uh, Trigun <laughs> looks way older than Cowboy Bebop, but they came out more or less in the same year. And it looks older because it uses more of the old tropes like sweat drops and uh, face faults, things like that. Other things people haven't said since 1998. Um, <laughs> while Cowboy Bebop has a more realistic and kind of modern looking grounded aesthetic. There are still mm -hmm. sweat drops sometimes, you know, people make funny faces, but it more or less looks like anime does today. Mm. And I think this is similar in that, you know, it doesn't have the anime tropes. But the characters, or the manga tropes, rather, but the characters are still visibly reacting in a very anime way. Like page 30, one character blushes, uh, Ayano blushes, but Akari gets like the, the shadows over her forehead, like the bad feeling sign. Ah, uh, yeah. So it still shows up here and there. And sweat drops only show up in the book, I think, when the husband is like, Why are you asking if I have a crush on someone at work? So it's <laughs> yeah. still in the ballpark, but it's not the type mm. of story that would benefit from a lot of those tropes. Mm. But yeah. I would try, yeah, I would maybe turn that around a little bit and say, for maybe an indie comics person who doesn't read much manga, mm. would they find this appealing because it doesn't have a lot of this, you know, the 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 stylistic barriers of manga of manga ness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like mm. it's not. I mean, you know, like Love and Rockets, for example, is about two women who kind of have this long term relationship, but yeah. you know, it's kind of a little more wacky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But the but the strong uses of like strong blacks and uh, you know very sometimes very mood driven sequences where people mm -hmm. don't see a word at all. That's where mm -hmm. I see a love and rocket interesting connection. Yeah. But I don't know I if anyone else sees any kind of like in like if you like this indie comics, you like even though we're adults. I was just gonna say I'm trying to think of like modern indie comics 
like I don't I don't know what the kids are into mm-hmm. now. Like <laughs> like Love and Rockets was the book that I was reading, but like mm-hmm. I don't know if somebody in their twenties or early thirties is into that. Mm-hmm. Like there aren't a lot of or even like Strangers in Paradise in terms of What about Tilly Walden? What books? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this gives me um this one summer vibes. Yeah. By oh. Julian Tamaki and Marako yeah. Tamaki. But that's still but, young. Like, but yeah, but just YA. like the adults just literally the adult story about the miscarriage, not the, the uh, yeah, yeah. you know, the YA story or the kid's story. But like mm-hmm. yeah, I think I wonder. I, I part I of would, why this book Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say like it's much more cartoony, but the closest comparison for me, I think in terms of like quality of cartooning and emotional impact would be Meredith Grant's Octopus Pie. Oh yeah, okay. Very much um like I really love Love and Rockets, but I think that because of when I found Octopus Pie, it sort of sits in a similar spot for me. I'm just liking mm. this whole broadcast of characters, whatever they get up to. And then also yeah. seeing the series turn into this like artistic juggernaut. Mm. And it tackles like a lot of really heavy emotional stuff despite looking so cartoony. Or I shouldn't say despite. Um it tackles a lot of heavy stuff while looking cartoony. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny too because I think if you only read the first bit of Octopus Pie and didn't get to uh, the sort of midpoint or the ending point of yeah. the series, too, you're like, "What is David on about?" But yeah, especially when like <laughs> it's just starts... about weed in grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. well, when she starts yeah. the weed business, at the end and like starts being self reliant, and yeah, it's it's it. I totally see that comparison. I think that's a great comparison. Absolutely. And yeah. if you've read the fin- the Octopus Pie finale that Grant put out maybe a month ago, no, incredible. It, it'll it's devastating. Save it for like a <laughs> when you have family and friends close. Wow! Oh, yikes. <laughs> we're making, we're recommended some books. That's going to be some fun show notes. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's. I think I think we've said a lot of things about this manga. I'm going to go clockwise around my screen here. Let's start with Deb. Deb, what did you think of? Even though we're adults. It's a nice, it's a, it's different than a lot of Yuri manga, even though, mm. and I think that's a good thing. I, mm. It's about grown up relationships and it's, um, the art's really lovely. The, the tension is real and it makes, and it does something successful, I think, for manga, which is by the end of the first volume, you're dying to read the second. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always a plus. Um, could, could you define Yuri for our audience who maybe has never heard that term? I don't think we've used it until now. Oh, that's true, huh? Okay, so Yuri manga is basically girls' love. Like there's yaoi or boys' love, which is about two boys two or two men being in love with each other and having lots and lots of sex a lot of times. <laughs> Yuri, on the other hand, while it does have a sexual element to it, no no doubt, is girls' love. So, And it has its own stylistic. But it's basically, it's girls' love that touches upon lesbian relationships, but also is like boys love is men loving men created by women for women. I know Mm. that's a weird one. Yuri on the other hand can be also women loving women by women can also can be women loving women by men for men. Mm. It's complicated. I'm not going to get into it, but that's what it is. And, but I will say that for, even though we're adults has, if you're interested and you're curious, there is minimal sexy time here. So True. far. <laughs> Volume two might be different, but I'm just saying right now, it, there's a kiss and that's kind of it. It's a good kiss though. Mm. Yeah, actually that was a really, even though there's not sexy time, there's still, uh, the fact that I'm going to say this out loud, an erotic feeling 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you said it out loud. Like it doesn't it feel wasn't, sterile. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. <laughs> I need a chip soundboard for certain things. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel sterile. Like they're like, will they? Won't they? It's very much like, what is the shape of this going to be? Instead of like, how is it going to be? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's you know I no no podcast on uh, Yuri would be complete without shouting out Erica Friedman, who's been a huge fan of the podcast and and posting on the website and on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, Erica runs a website called Okazu or Okazu Yuri and has talked a lot about the differences between Yuri created with a male gaze and without a male gaze. I found it really informational. This is very much a woman creating a manga about women, but the you know I think that's the the male characters are done well. I think it's a great book uh, in that mm-hmm. regard. So yeah, Chip, you're next on my screen. Any closing thoughts on uh, even though we're adults? Um, yeah, I think it's a masterclass in storytelling. I think it's it's really, Whoa. really smart. I think it's really smart, really well executed, beautiful pacing, beautiful characters, deceptively easy with, uh, with a ton of depth uh, beneath the surface, um, expertly translated. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love it. I recommend it to anyone looking for something a bit more adult when adult doesn't mean porno. <laughs> Does it mean yes, erotic yes. feelings? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this, this really, this really filled the, that, that void again, so to speak of, of what I was kind of craving that we weren't really touching upon in the previous <clears throat> books. There's minimal over explaining in this. You know, there are, there are a few points where I was just like, oh, it's like they're recapping a little bit of stuff we've already read, but mm-hmm. it's probably my only actual complaint about the book, which is very a very slight complaint. Hmm. That's awesome. I actually didn't mind the recapping. I did notice it, and I thought it was more of a stylistic choice, like the poetry, like repeating a stanza or something like that. But, yeah. you know, chacun son goût. Uh, onward to David. David, Don't any you last dare thoughts? speak French to me. You <laughs> son of a bitch. I, I feel like I talked a lot about what I liked about it. So I'll just say the opening sequence with her talking about her kids is a good example of why I think Chip thinks it's a masterclass of storytelling. Because you know mm. everything you need to know, know about her by the end of that scene. But the author's note after the cliffhanger, I love a grumpy author's note. And the story of like going to a sauna and like talking yourself into it and then being like, ah, actually my back pain got worse. A plus. <laughs> That's what tipped it over to A plus for you. Yeah, before it was just an A, but like it did that uh, Akiko Hikashimura level of like almost yelling at your readers. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> That's a good one. I, oh, we got to read Hikashimura. I, you know, I think I've said uh, everything I want to say about this one. I really did uh, enjoy it. I'm glad I picked it sort of blind, sort of not blind. And I'm so glad y'all really enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right. We're going to head to the break. And after we get back, some reader Q&As. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. 
and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we're back. Thank you for listening to that advertisement. I'm sure it was for a great product. <laughs> light novels. <laughs> I was kind of shitty about light novels in episode 10, Full Metal Alchemist. And uh, I don't retract any of my statements. I think we're all... <laughs> Do you want me to drop in Not an instant wrong. replay for the context? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Go for it. <laughs> I do want to say that the first light novels I actually uh, encountered in North America, the first ones I think that were translated were BL light novels, were Boys Love or Yowie light novels back when uh, DMP Junet was desperate for more material and decided, okay, I guess we'll do novels if we don't have enough BL to translate. I think that they really do hold a different spot. And one person who gently mentioned is Erica Friedman, who we were just talking about. She runs Okazu Yuri. And she commented on the Manga Explaining website in the comments, going to rant about light novels. They existed before Isekai, which is the specific genre that has taken over the entire medium that I shouted out as being garbage. Although, yes, that has catapulted them into mass popularity. Erica continues, light novels were and still are illustrated novels targeted at a teenish audience. They started as shosetsu from magazines like Cobalt and Dengeki mags. They are light in content and size as they also have small trim running somewhere between 200 and 300 pages. So you can physically carry one in your pocket. Yes, they absolutely exploded with the online shosetsu culture. And yes, of course, are sometimes derivative content from popular series, just as the light novels are the source material. Sure, Sword Art on Online set off the isekai books from this time. I do agree that light novels are wholly leaning towards otaku culture. When you see that Square Enix and Dengeki are on the mass publishers, it really becomes obvious. But I'm a fan of light novels and web novels and their ability to include and expand from fan works to original creations. As a fanfic author myself, I guess that's expected. I will amend my comments. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think Erica's right. I think light novels are a way, 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 and web novels and what they've sort of become now along with web, web comics, which we haven't really talked about in the Japanese manga context, are a way for people to get into the publishing space and the self-publishing space in really inexpensive ways uh, where you've only got to commission like 10 illustrations instead of having to commission a whole novel or whatnot. I think that's cool. That part of it is cool. But when you look at the top light novel seller charts, you see what's being released, you see what's being licensed. It is not necessarily the fan works. It's not necessarily the like underground underdog, you know, not represented 
kind of people it is you know just another isekai novel uh like oh no i woke up and my mom is really hot and also the best fighter in the land and everyone wants to bang her and i'm just like a lowly level one mage what do i do which is that is the whole title (laughs) that is like really that is tell me more about this book (laughs) no mills for you buddy yeah it's I'll, i'll include it in the show notes the light novel i chose to include in the show notes last time was also hilarious it's i get it I appreciate that they, as a as a medium, are much bigger than the representative works that are popular in North America. Thank you for correcting me. Sorry for being a shit. Next I mean, you're, you're you're basically you're, like your your stance is like what someone would say about like you know. Let's uh, be let's be clear here. This is not a stance. This is an off the cuff remark. But go on. Anyway, <laughs> your, your long your long held beliefs. You know, it, it, it's similar to like. Like uh, Amazon Kindle uh, self-published digital books where mm. when you go through a lot of the top sellers, you're just like, you know, they're not even like Chuck Tingle. No, but, it's... But they're, but, they're, but they're just like that. It's like... Top sellers on Amazon I, Kindle are I people had, who take Wikipedia yeah. articles and fucking stuff them into an ebook format and upload them so that people can download them and pay them 99 cents at a time. That exactly. whole system is fucking rigged. There is, is that, that hard to do? Uh, like, it's not. I do it's that. A great side income. <laughs> there are five hundred YouTube videos showing you how. But there, are, but there, are, there are a lot of there are a lot of books that are just like I had sex with a firefighter and it was great. And here's my book. It is, in fact, but and, and, and a lot of them are, are. You can you can definitely say that a lot of them are not good. But Ooh. Actually, Deb's literally got a firefighter light novel she's holding up. Right oh, no, now. it's a manga. It's oh, it's called, a manga. It's a manga. It's called Fire in His Fingertips. A flirty fireman ravishes me with his smoldering glaze. Look, you're, 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 taking me, you're taking me off point here. Sorry, it's sorry. Not about the, it's not about the firefighter. It's about the fact that it's a, it's, it's, it can be seen as entry-level publishing. 100%. But within that entry-level publishing are gems. Like, I just, I just bought a book the other day that, that has been fantastic to read and and it was self-published there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that and i disagree with chris that it's all garbage <laughs> and people should be ashamed for having uh, created them or read them i respectfully disagree <laughs> and now we're right back where we started there you right go back where we started thanks for, thanks thanks for the question uh, erica <laughs> Thanks for the explanation. Yeah, there's more to Erica's explanation on Full Metal Alchemist episode 10 uh, show notes uh, comments. Go check it out. Next up is a question directly from. Oh, it's a... sorry. This was also a comment that was on the website. I just got the email version here. It is from Reverend Dust. And Reverend Dust says, in regards to Chip's interest in more adult oriented manga, even if it's teenage looking, are you planning to read anything by Usamaru Furuya? I really enjoyed Marino Kenderu Onagaku, which is like My Dear Marie, I think is the English, would be the English title or is the, the whatever. He says it's licensed in Spain where I'm from, but I don't know if it's in, in North America. I'd like to know more about Furuya Sensei's works. Do you recommend any? And he mentions that he read Gengaku Picasso and he liked the art, but he found it was lacking story wise. Chip, any thoughts on Usamaru Furuya? Uh, I am <laughs> deeply interested because I'm open to everything, Chris. <laughs> wow, got him. <laughs> I'm interested too. Have you read Lychee Light Club, uh, David? I tried and it didn't take, but I should probably it, go back. 
it's pretty know, gross. It's not for everybody. It yeah, is. it's pretty gross. But I did read Shortcuts, which is about as perfect of a humor comic as I've ever seen. Oh. Mm. So format-wise, it's basically a series of one-page or maybe two-page gags for the most part. Uh, they're all called cuts, so short cuts. And Chip, do you remember the Marvel covers you were doing that were like how to draw Marvel characters? <laughs> yeah. He yeah, does I... like eight jokes like that in different <laughs> ways. And so I feel like you would really enjoy this book or possibly hate it but in like a real recognized real sort of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that could happen. I'll, have to, I'll send Chris some images to put in the show notes, but there's one where he right. tries to show people how to draw a pretty girl, like step by step, <laughs> and he botches it, and he kind of scrawls it out, and it says, Mom and Dad, don't come looking for me. And the final <laughs> panel is their parents saying, there are other jobs, please come home. <laughs> and it's oh, not even great. the best joke in the book. It's two volumes. It's yeah. super good. But Deb, I think you like his more dramatic stuff. Is that right? Uh, I, I guess I've read more of it. And mm. uh, Shortcuts is, frankly, and let's see, let's be really upfront here, super out of print and maybe expensive to buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not an easy one to find. I'm going to be upfront with that. Also, uh, oh, you know what? It's the kind of book that if you're trying to buy it on like A-Books or Amazon, it's listed at like $800. But if you go into like the right used bookstore, they've got a clearance stick. They've got like six levels of clearance sticker on it. It's two bucks. It came out long enough. Comic shops might still have it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Comic shops like a big into manga <laughs> when they thought it was going to be the next boom and then didn't buy the right books. <laughs> there, that's a good one. That used, so to, be this, my, that used to be my hobby, <laughs> going yeah. digging for that stuff. So this leads me to a question. Are we going to launch uh, Manga Splaining Press every time uh, one of these books gets mentioned? That is Once the Manga Splaining checks start coming in, absolutely. Yeah, right? Like, let me check the advertising dollars again. Just a second. <laughs> oh, shit. We are at $28.88. We are $28. Yes. I'm actually on Amazon.com and they've got five copies of Shortcuts Volume 2 and only Volume 2 in stock right now at cover price. Cover price from like 2000 or whenever it was. $12.95. Yeah, go pick that up. It's, yeah, that is like. Attention, Kmart shoppers. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a phenomenally talented artist, super funny, very dirty sense of humor. Like there's so many different ways to appreciate his work that I think there's a lot of different entry points depending on which book you buy. Like you might bounce completely off one book and love another one, but I think Shortcuts is the one. There are too many good jokes in this book. Yeah, Shortcuts is one of my favorite manga of all time. I will say uh, this is this rarely happens in manga. I think this might be the only time it's ever happened in manga. The first adaptation of Osamu Tezai's No Longer Human mm. or Ningen Shikaku that was released in English as a manga was by Furuya-sensei. It was by Usamaru Furuya. And it was released about, I think, eight or nine years before the most recent version, which is by Junji Ito, uh, which just came out maybe a year and a half ago. So if you want to see the same novel adapted by two very, well, similar, honestly, uh, mangaka, <laughs> but two different points of view, mm-hmm. you can buy the Junji Ito No Longer Human and the vertical Usamaru Furuya no longer human and read both which might be i don't know it would be weird for the either of those to be the first furuya that we read on uh or the first you know furuya or ito to read on the podcast but it it's kind of a cool idea so if you've read the jinji ito version and you want to give it another look uh usamaru furuya did a version that i think is still in print from vertical aka kodansha i feel um, like w- one day we should do an episode where we pit those two versions against each other 
We've got to read one book by each of them first. So we'll try and figure yeah. out which Furia book is not going to get people arrested for owning it. I mean, both, uh, like, both of them are kind of, there's a distinct difference because I think the Junji Ito one is more faithful to the original novel. Mm. And then the Usumara Furia one t- brings it into modern day, brings mm. the character oh. into modern day. So that's, that's cool. already a, a, a shift. Um, yeah. I kind of like try to describe it to people. It's kind of like Catcher in the Rye for gothy Japanese teenagers. Mm. It's okay. super depressing. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um, basically about this guy who he's he's I think he's well to do, but he kind of spirals into this self destructive. I don't know what else to call it, but it, he just basically becomes no longer human. I guess it's it's yeah, it's a it's downer. Like, uh, <laughs> what was it? The stranger. Star. Yeah, the stranger. The uh, the French novel by was it Camus. Mm. Kind of similar, yeah. similar antisocial vibes, I suppose. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Sorry, Chris yeah. Lestranger. I want to <laughs> make sure I get that right for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Um, there's some weird reading Lestranger while he's eating his foie gras. <laughs> <laughs> like, not, bad. not bad on that episode. <laughs> Wow. Recommending Camus on the podcast. Good stuff. <laughs> Next up, we got an actual email question from Cedric Jafarpur Devatkar. And his question is for Chip. Now that you guys are 10 plus episodes in, and actually, it's funny. This is actually, I think, the 18th episode we're recording right now. Mm-hmm. I was wondering how many of the series he has stuck with, you have stuck with, Chip, and continued reading, and if it's affected your overall opinions on any of them. Uh, I'm not really into manga, so I haven't really kept up with any of them. <laughs> As previously mentioned on the show, uh, Way of the House Husband is the one that I, I immediately read all the available volumes. And I actually, I have the new one pre-ordered because I know I'm going to mm. read it. Nice. This book, even though we're adults, is one that I'm going to read volume two when it comes out. So there, there's been two that I've, I've actually have an interest in following up on or have followed up on. Akira is the other one that I, I want to get back to. And I think we're actually... For the 20th episode, I think it's okay to say this. Go ahead. We're going to be kind of doing a bit of a recap, a bit of a, a look back at our, <laughs> at, our, at, our, at our selections, and, and we'll be doing volume two of Akira. Oh, for episode 25. I think that's good. We'll do one volume every 25 episodes, and that <laughs> yeah. means we have, it guarantees we hit 150. Yeah, so that's yeah exactly. Yeah. I like that. I like that too. Yeah. Yay. That's that's cool. Yes. So there you there you go. Get excited about episode twenty five now, which is I don't know, the week that you're listening to this is like eight weeks away. What is this? This is uh, eighteen seven weeks away, so like a month and a little bit. Month? Yeah. And actually on that note, a little bit of housekeeping. Chip and I need to come clean. We received grift. We were grifted. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Shut your filthy mouth, Chris. We begged real hard on the first episode for box sets of the Akira box set because Dev and David had them already and we didn't. And then Kodansha mysteriously somehow sent them to us. So we're both sitting on very pretty box sets of Akira now. We have accepted bribes, had nothing to do with us choosing volume two, but also kind of did. Well, also, but because, because, because David and Deb already had the box sets, I believe the publisher just sent you guys each $200 each. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to say, I love that I can tell how innocent Chris is, because technically what you guys got is graft. 
grift oh, is graph, a different crime graph. entirely. <laughs> <laughs> this I'm is not good. Real, real Are they world similar? Is it like libel and, and uh, no. <laughs> no? Graft is like, I think, trading favors for money or goods, like under the table dealing. Oh, and grift okay. is like taking advantage of people. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have known that. Ugh, I, so I, I don't know this for any particular reason. So anyway, they, were, they were very kind to, <laughs> to, to send these to us, um, but it is just an absolute brick. It is a unit. <laughs> I am I am not living of, at home, which means I I somehow have to get this onto a plane. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's one of those really kind gestures that kind of warms my heart, makes me feel loved, and also incredibly angry. <laughs> <laughs> like anyone who's nice to you ever. That's that's yeah how that yeah goes, no right? that's the feeling yeah yeah nice. I'm happy for you guys, though. Like, it's oh. Akira is such like it might be my favorite comic. You know, like I don't think I'm, I could ever pick a favorite, but like that's in the running. Yeah. So stoked! Yeah. Other housekeeping stuff. We've had as people, more people listen to the podcast. We're very happy that you're listening. Thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, the good word, spreading it around. I do want to say straight up, we're getting a lot of suggestions that are perhaps a little bit inappropriate so we've already covered one of them today which is like recommending books that are deeply out of print like we can't even get chip a copy of some of these books to read if we want to we appreciate the thought we've been recommended i think two or three times in the last week books that are only available in scanlations we're not going to be reading illegal (laughs) books on this podcast and promoting their existence that's not super cool there have been a lot of suggestions too for david to take his shirt off but it's an audio podcast yeah i don't understand it either i mean i'll do it but yeah yeah i don't see what i get out of this (laughs) (laughs) Uh, finally yeah it's it's just if we're gonna we're covering books on the podcast and we want people to be able to then Go and legally purchase the books, uh, either digitally or in print, whenever possible, both the books that we're talking about. You know, we appreciate the the love. Uh, you know, we're glad you love Mushishi. It's, it was a good manga, but it's it's real out of print. Uh, don't We can't do anything with that. Isn't that available in digital? Did they release the whole thing in digital? Or yeah. Or did they just release the stuff that they released in print in digital, which was not the whole series? No, the whole series got finished. Well, if it all got finished in digital... And and one of the three of you uh, wants to read it by like we'll give it a shot, but like that's another. I'd rather read Cell. But Moyashimon on the other ha- on the other yeah. hand, no. <laughs> See, oh, that's the one I was thinking of. Moyashimon is the one that I was more interested in. But um. well, maybe we'll read Cells at work and make Derek happy. Sorry, Thank- love you, Derek. <laughs> it's it, they're out of print until Manga Express. Manga Express, yeah. Yeah. Them back <laughs> in the print. Of our company, our digital print to order service. Yeah, everything is done on white bond copy paper. I feel like I would immediately bankrupt our press by printing all of Hajime no Ippo once, like all 130 <laughs> volumes. <laughs> yeah, it's tempting. I like that uh, idea. Yeah, uh, but yeah. You know, feel free to keep the suggestions coming. Send us an email. Send us a text. Send us a whatever. Just you know, legally available books would be delightful. I- I'm not mentioning the other book that I got mentioned that was only in or recommended on on Instagram that was only in scans because it was like, oh man, that one's like super not okay anyway what was it it's a corny was it drawn by charles manson uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) making it sound really shady chris yeah no it's fine it's fine okay it was just a book that was like i don't know i i will say uh as a fan of manga i share in the love of so many books that are not available in english i despair Mm -hmm. at the lack of a release of some of these books and have 
uh, for a number of years. And I'm going to, as soon as they come into print, they're, they come become the top of my list for things that I want to read and I want to recommend. That's Journal of My Father is like 25 years old. And there's like a bunch of other Jiro Taniguchi books that I was like thinking about putting on the podcast, thinking about recommending to Chipper here to read. But that one was newly released. And if we can recommend that and get people to run out and to read it and to buy it and maybe encourage the publication of more exciting, difficult, unreprinted backlist, more power to it. You know, I would love to do that, but if it's not... We're trying to use our powers for good, not evil. Not for evil. <laughs> when you pitched this podcast to me, it was about punishing Chip. And now yeah. it's... Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Unfortunately, Chip likes too many of the books that we're recommending him to. Is out of 20 is way too many. Yeah. So uh, now we've got to shift gears and just make it about good books, unfortunately. <laughs> or we could just keep recommending Chip's things that we think he'll hate. Yeah. I have some ideas for that. (laughs) (laughs) This has been an episode, even with all of our blather at the end, maybe the shortest episode of Manga Explaining yet, because the book was just so good. Everyone run out and buy, even though we're adults, by Takeko Shimura. Published by Seven Seas, translated by our friend Jocelyn Allen, lettered by Rena Mappa, and yeah, it's good stuff. And we will see you next time. This has been Manga Explaining, episode number 17, Even Though We're Adults, by Takeko Shimura. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Monthly Girls no Zaki-kun by Izumi Suaki. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop, and you can find one near you at comicshoplocator.com. You can also follow along with our complete reading list and show notes at mangasplaining.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.